recorded. This is the Red Ticket Blues Podcast. Your ears do not deceive you. I am Brian Buckley. This is being recorded on July 11th, 2021. If you're new to the show, you can listen on iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, Stitcher. Yeah, Stitcher, that's that's a good one. Podbean, all that crap. And follow me on Twitter, at BrianBuck13 and at RedTicketBlues. So, uh, yeah, like I said, your, your, your mind is not playing tricks on you. You, you. you got the notification on your phone. You nearly shit yourself. Uh, well, maybe not. That's a bit graphic. Uh, but you were startled. You're startled like a, a mouse awake in the night. Um, I'm here. And I think this has been the longest hiatus I've ever done the podcast. Maybe you thought, oh, Brian, quit that silly little thing that he does. And uh, it wasn't necessarily uh, quitting. It was kind of just, I don't know. I kept saying, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And then, you know, as I'll talk about it a little later, just life gets in the way. Uh, <laughs> life shows up at the door and they're like, hello, can you be an adult? This is a thing. You have to deal with this. So, yeah, I had to deal with that and that and that and that. So, I'm here though. Uh, what, what, what's been going on, huh? Anything cool? Have we canceled anyone? Um, I mean, I just sorry, banging on here. So, we're, we're, what are we drinking? I mean, that's the more important question. So, we're drinking a delu- a, a de- lovely, a delicious and lovely Pacifico uh, Tall Boy. It's uh, it's uh, 24 ounces. It's about three dollars, and uh, I love every second of it. It's a beautiful yellow can, and I love it. And uh, we do have another beer afterwards, which I'm sure I'll probably get into uh, before. We finish this podcast, which I'm pretty sure I've had that one before in the podcast. And it's a pretty local beer, so it really probably doesn't matter to anybody. So, but let, let's review the Pacifico as if we haven't done that before. Yeah, yeah, so that's, um, it's a nice, um, I just have the same review every time. It's like, it's like a Corona with a little more body, a little more, it's like a Coors Lighty kind of thing. I mean, sometimes I put a lime in it and I say, oh, I remember that used to be a thing. Oh, you, you, you put fruit in your beer? <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry, I don't do that. No, uh, I don't care. I, I do what I want. If I want to put a lime in, I put a lime in it. I don't need to, you know, question my manhood and give you my pronouns and all that. You know, I'm going to drink it if I want to. It tastes better. Don't you know some of these beers, they put the they put the fruit in the beer before they give it to you. I mean, now you're doing it fresh. That's almost better, right? That's my rationale. Uh, but, yeah, I just got finished watching a, a horrendous baseball game. Uh, which ended, uh, which finished by the New York Yankees, which, you know, 7-2 to two in the ninth inning, and the Astros win, 8-7. to seven. Uh, And you might hear some noises. I've got a washing machine going. I've got kids playing basketball outside. My wife's watching something on TV. So I'm trying my best here in this newly carpeted room. Uh, it was only a month late uh, from the people, you know, only a month late. Uh, but this room has never looked beautiful, more beautiful because we had to actually get everything out of it to get the carpet in. And now it looks like... Uh, it looks like a real room. It was the kind of the carpet we got with the house. You know, tons of stains, and the dog has added some, you know, uh, creations of its own to it in many different ways, orifices. And, uh, yeah, so now it actually looks like a, like a, like a real adult room. Uh, but, yeah, I'm trying my best here. And, uh, yeah, my neighbors, you know, it's 100 degrees out. Kid, go go play video games. You're playing basketball. It's 100 degrees out. But that ba- baseball game, I mean, I don't know what else to say about it. I mean, I, you want to criticize Aaron Boone. I guess the only criticism I'd have of Aaron Boone in that is it was pretty obvious Chad Green didn't have shit. Why didn't you take him out? Why why, why, why even... But, but I guess the main thing was also, too, why did he take Herman out so quick? I know he pitched a few innings, but still... I, it's really Monday, Monday morning quarterbacking. I get it. It was 7-2. to two. But uh, that is... Uh, yesterday was such a great win, too. And this team itself, I haven't done a podcast in ages, you know... They're not fun to watch for the most part. Um, they literally have no life. Not literally. They're alive. Uh, but they, they're, they're not interesting to watch. I listen to John and Susan, and, which actually I'll, I'll give MLB credit, man. They have made it very easy now. There's no buffering. There's no issues. You can watch the game and choose the team's radio people. Now, I'd say it's a few seconds behind, but I, I will take it, and it's great, and I love it. Uh, but this team, you know, Judge talking shit yesterday, and Sanchez talking shit today. This team needs to win something before they talk all this shit. Judge is like over. He's got like the Patrick Ewing guarantee, like a, a mantra about him right now. You haven't won shit. Stop talking shit. There we go. I like it. You haven't won shit. Stop talking. Put on a t-shirt. Is Barstool listening? But, uh, you know, you almost felt a little bit of like, whoa, maybe this team is something. And then it was kind of, not that everything was dashed away today with this loss, because this will be a loss that everyone will say, oh, it was terrible, but, you know, we'll move on. But, I mean, it, that was as bad as it gets. Uh, the pitching's in shambles. Um, 
Severino's going to come back, right? He, he's going to come back. He's going to be like a, just like a midseason acquisition. You know, <laughs> they heard that 17 times in a row. Boone, and, and I'm not going to pretend this stuff. People like to shit on Boone, and I'm one of them. Uh, but, I mean, I'm not going to pretend that any of these managers really do much. Especially, you heard Bob Klappish. He was on with WF with W. He was on at WFAN the other day with Kim Jones. He said literally, Boone does not make out the lineup card that is given to him by the front office. He has very little say in anything, and he's just a happy soldier that goes out there. I mean, he comes out there. It is weird. Some of the stuff he defends just doesn't make sense from a guy who used to play baseball. It's very strange. It's it's clear that he is not running that show. And I know, well, Brian, a little late to the party there, Heyman. But no, I, I'm just reaffirming it to people that maybe think he does have a lot of success. I don't think he does. I, I think he is told what to do because he's also never critical of the team. It's always like a little league. Mind. Oh, we'll get him tomorrow, Skipper. You know, we'll all get, come on, Timmy, you know, pat on the butt. We'll, we'll, we'll get him. It's just like, do you realize it was a soul-crushing loss? Yeah, you know, uh, you know, listen, Gary's, uh, you know, two for 73, but he's hitting the ball hard, you know? And I'll give Sanchez credit. He run, he ran the bases well today. He had a home run. He's looked better. I mean, I, I don't know. Do, do I still owe him an apology? The fans of athletes, this is a subject I beat to death, are so pathetic these days. I don't owe an apology to a professional athlete. For, for for booing them and doing their job, they get paid millions of dollars to do. You don't boo them. I saw somebody today. You know, Ronald Acuna for the Braves was injured and he's out for like you know he's out for like a year. He tore a pretty nasty injury. And I guess somebody had said on his Twitter feed, you know, now with Acuna out, you know, this puts Mets in a better position. And this person was offended by that as a Mets fan. It's like we don't need those kind of takes right now. It's like holy shit. I, I hope Ronald Acuna sees. Even if Ronald Acuna saw that tweet, it would be like, what is wrong with you? That, that is the epitome of Peter Pan Twitter. Like, you live in this fantasy world where all just dance together and everything's perfect and everything's just rainbows. So strange. The people that... I can't imagine having a conversation with people. And that, I know that's one of my go-to lines. Always. I can't imagine having a conversation with somebody in a bar like that. But, like, imagine saying that to someone. Yeah, I just really don't like to look at it that way. I'd be like, yeah, who cares? The, these people are they're, they're gladiators. They're here for our entertainment. I mean, I'm sure they, they have lives. Maybe they're good people. I don't know, nor do I really care, honestly. I really don't. They could be bad people. In the words of, you know, Billy Martin, I will have Benito Mussolini and Adolf Hitler on my team if they help, help me win. <gasps> if a manager said that today, he would be immediately fired. His, and again, like I always say, have their house burned down. Uh, I mean, that that's the way that we have to approach things now. But Boone, I think just some of the answers that Boone gives after these games are worthy of being fired because he instills no confidence in the team whatsoever. Now, granted... As Yankee fans, we're very spoiled. They're over 500 right now going to the All-Star break. And they're not, I mean, listen, they're, what are they, eight games back? Eight games back in first place? Not pretty, but I mean, it can be done in like three months. <laughs> you know, it, it, it is possible. <laughs> Especially when, you know, you're going to play those teams a lot, the, the Red Sox and the Rays. So, I mean, it's not, I know this team doesn't instill a lot of confidence. Especially, but they almost had something going until today. And, oh, man. And I think R-A-K-C-T-27, Rich on Twitter. You know Rich? Uh, he said it perfectly, though. With Green and Chapman, you get the best or the worst. There's no in-between. They're either lights out or they are horrendous. They gave up They gave up six runs in the ninth today and recorded one out. I don't think they even got two outs. They got one out. That is so pathetic. From a team that was up to 7-2. to two. And Chapman, he's clear. I, I don't know what's... Supposedly him and Boone are beefing. Like, well, you know... For as much as I just spent five minutes shitting on Boone, you know, Chapman, you know, you're awful. You're terrible. You don't do the basic essentials of being a pitcher, and that's, you know, throwing strikes, let alone getting people out. You can't do that. Who are you mad at? I mean, we know what happens when you get angry. The police get involved. But, like, why would you be angry? Because you're not put into games? I would. I wanted Aaron Bo- and, and I, I don't know. Did Aaron Boone go out there just to, like, kind of, like, get Cole going and get the competitive juices flowing? Somebody said that he went out there to uh, give him a timeout. I, I don't. I mean, we didn't stay out there that long. I, I don't know if that was necessarily the case. Um, or was he, like, leaving the dugout not necessarily knowing what he was going to do? And I heard the announcers, and they say, oh, usually they point to the you know dugout, the, the, the bullpen as soon as they got. No, not always. Not always. They're the manager, and they make the decision, supposedly, in this case. Uh, but, yeah, um, I don't know. I, I don't have any confidence in the team. They, they kind of gave you a flicker this last week. But I don't know. I uh, That offense can go dead. They still have no pitching. Um, 
you know, Kluber might be back in 2025. I mean, the way that they talk about Corey Kluber is if he's like this essential part of the team, like no one gives a shit. Corey Kluber threw no hitter, wonderful, and they sacrificed the season for it. And he was going to get hurt anyways. That, that's why I don't look at it like I can't believe we the, the the team sacrificed Corey Kluber for no hitter. It's like, you know, Corey Kluber was probably going to be hurt by this period that we're talking in right now on July 11th, anyways. So, not really missing much. Who are the other players on this team that start? I mean, I, you know who I do love that guy Nestor Cortez. He's like a junk ball pitcher. He's he, maybe not even junk ball. He has good pitches, but just he will do any sort of weird, crazy stuff to throw people off. He was doing it to Otani, and he doesn't even, you know, he's quit pitching. And he, he, you need fun people like that. I, I like him, and he's been effective, too. Uh, who are the other starters on this team? I mean, Herman, I, I guess, kind of was until he got the root canal. Uh, why can't I name any of this? You got that TV downstairs? Or is that just me? Um,. What's his name pitched actually well today? James uh, Tyone. I mean, he's been pretty awful, uh, but he, he pitched actually well. for. He strikes out a lot of guys, but he usually gives up a lot of runs too. So we'll have to see what's going on with the Yankees. I, it's, it, they're really, I think they're playing games with us. You know, Like I said, I wasn't playing tricks with you that I'm, I'm actually speaking. I think the Yankees are playing in just games with us. Um, Trump's still waging a war on truth, and it's still bad for democracy. <laughs> Trump, Trump, Trump. Trump will always be with us. He'll never leave us. He will be talked about forever. Um, let's see. What else do I want to talk about? This All the sticky stuff. And, and, and also, I mean, it's, I guess it's kind of a dead issue now. Uh, but, you know, people are mad at baseball for, like, how they handled it. And maybe it's a bit silly, you know, getting everybody. But what do you want them to do? Like, give a stern warning? Like, hey, don't do this? Oh, because baseball players always listen to the rules. I mean, there's a long history of that going on in the last 150 years of baseball players hearing a directive, immediately listening to it, and not breaking a promise. Uh, and all the pitchers getting so butthurt about having to do it. It's like, you're not being singled out, asshole. Do you watch television? Every single pitcher is being checked. Like, this, this like, defensive mechanism from all of Oh, me, I'll tell you. Oh, oh. It's like, yeah, dude, every single pitcher is being checked. You are not special. Never. Are you special? Okay. And granted, they're playing Major League Baseball. They're professionals. They're special. But like, what's going on here? Uh, my wife asked me if she should feed the dog. I... Okay, so the dog's being fed. Um, but the uh, all of a sudden, the the the, the spider attack thing's gone away, and it makes you think. You know, people were saying Cole was messed up. He only had like one bad, one or two bad games. He actually did well. As well, and then obviously yesterday, yesterday, Saturday, that was what baseball was meant to be. You know, I pull up the fucking trousers there. Yeah, that's the way they play the game. That's the way they do it. All right, it really was though. That was the, a one nothing game, and I and I always say these pitchers duels when people say they love pitchers duels are full of crap. That game was so intense. Was that was playoff baseball? That was so great. And Cole, hey, he stepped up to the plate, man. Well, he's a pitcher. He didn't step up to the plate, but. Like I said, Milton Berle game. Threw it out there on the table. Uh, what else is going on in the world here? Uh, I saw there's going to be Indiana Jones. Um, uh, uh, Indiana Jones hurt himself making the fifth movie of the installment. Uh, he's 78 years old. He hurt himself doing a fighting scene. Like, what's more offensive? That he they're, they're, they're actually putting him in fighting scenes, or they think that the audience is actually going to believe a 78-year-old is in fighting scenes? I, it, that it's, I, I don't understand that. It's a franchise that is being ruined uh, in the name of what? I don't know. I mean, obviously money, um, but it's very sad. Very, very sad to uh, to see this, this the destruction of this trilogy, once trilogy of, of great movie stuff. Uh, <laughs> you can see I really prepared for that topic and had a lot of talking points to, uh, to discuss. So uh, what else here? So Carl Nassib, he's the first gay NFL football player, which he's actually the first gay active athlete uh, which is very interesting, especially you know, football. I mean, football, they're a different breed of human being. They're animals. They are savages. Not in the box. Um, but they are, they, are, they, are, they are savages. So, you know, being in a locker room, saying you're gay. Well, not saying you're gay. It's not like he's like, hey, guess what? I'm gay. Like, uh, and it's like, no, I am gay. Um, that's, uh, that's tough. <laughs> that's tough. I know, I know a lot of people who weren't sports people who are the uh, you know progressive types applauding him until we found out that he indulged in the magic T word. Yeah, yeah. He's a registered Republican who showed support for Donald Trump. So 
I wonder how this will happen in the NFL season. Now, there's obviously going to be a lot of talk about how he's 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 you know he's going to be the the bell of the ball, the darling. I mean, Kaepernick might come out come out tomorrow and say he's gay too because he wants the attention again. But it's going to be Carl Nassib. Is it Carl? I just have Nassib written down. I'm pretty sure it's Carl Nassib. Carl. You know Carl in The Simpsons. Uh, I heard Hank Azaria talk that Carl, the Homer's friend, black friend from the nuclear power plant, that is actually a bad impression of Sylvester Stallone. How about that? Did you know that? Um, Carl Nassib. Is it Nassib? I'm going to feel stupid if it's not. It is Carl Nassib. All right, I was right. Okay, cool. Carl Nassib. (laughs) So that'll be interesting, though, how it's presented, because you can go back and forth and uh, say, oh, well, he's wonderful. You know, the media's going to make a huge deal out of him. We're going to have a big, big party. But then what if someone says, well, do you still support Donald Trump? Are you still supporting of this uh, current uh, Republican Party? And then worlds are colliding, Jerry. Worlds are colliding. And then no one knows what to do. And then there's then the progressives hate Carl Nassib. We're canceling him. We're going to go to the racial draft, but not necessarily the, the progressive draft of the a la Chappelle. So, you know, normally I pause when I take these huge sips. So now you're getting three or four seconds of just me chugging. So I don't really know if that's pleasing to the ears. But uh, it's kind of the way I'm doing it now. That's the way we're doing it again, you know, now with the podcast starting. it. That's, that's, that's the approach I'm taking. All right. What else did I want? There were, there were a few other things that I wanted to uh, rant about. Uh, let me pause this. I got to find it. Oh, saying that whole uh, progressive route here, Becky Hammond, who is or was, I guess she is she now? I mean, she, she is, has been, at least, the assistant coach for the San Antonio Spurs for like the last six or seven years. I think one of the only females in uh, the NBA and, you know, all the people on Twitter, all the, all the all the media members, they all love her. I mean, she's so great. Why? We have no idea. I mean, only there are, there is such a minuscule amount of people like in the industry that know if someone's good or not. Now, granted, we have to talk about her all the time because she's a woman and I get that. And maybe she is very good at her job. But I'm just saying people with no expertise and she must be good. Again, she's getting interviews for places. And I would like to think it's a little more than just the quote unquote minority, like not higher, but minority opportunity in the fact that she's a woman. However, the people on Twitter, first of all, you don't even know if she's good. You're, you're just saying that because it, it's the same people that like evaluate managers. It's like, ha, ha, really? Do you really know that much? I've seen your tweets. I've seen the way you approach situations. You're an idiot. You are the complete biggest reactionary fool I've ever seen. So you think Becky Hammond's amazing. Great. But we've gone one step further now. Now we think that anytime a, a job opens up in the NBA, it is Becky Hammond's God-given right to get that job. So Chauncey Billups, who apparently... I never knew this too. He was accused of sexually assaulting a woman. They they dropped the charges, but he like he like uh, settled with her. He he's been you know one of the commentators in ABC and ESPN for years. No one no one ever knew about it. But all of a sudden that story leaked when he and Becky Hammond were the finalists for what was it the Nuggets job I think? No, not the Nuggets job. The Magic job? It was the Magic job. I don't I, honestly it doesn't really matter because whatever team it is it's gonna suck anyways. Um, <laughs> I have nothing to base that on. I don't even know the name of the team. Um, But that came out because of that. So now, though, we have to think that any job that she doesn't get, it's bullshit. Like, Becky Hammond basically should be coaching the Warriors at this point because she needs it. She should be coaching, you know, one of these these teams in the finals, which, I mean, hey, we all had written down at the beginning of the year. Bucks suns finals. It's actually, I've been watching a little bit of it. It is entertaining, and uh, the Suns are an entertaining team. And again, people saw a 27-second clip of Monty Williams trying to get D... What's his name? D... D... Ayton? No, DeAndre Ayton. That's his name. Uh, young center for the Suns. He like, you know, it's inspirational words. Basically, they thought he was the greatest coach in the world because of that. People, you don't need much. It's the same that you give a small clip, a small meme. Your decision is made at that point. That, that, that's how we operate as a public. People say Thibodeau shouldn't have won the, the, the coach of the year. It should have been Monty Williams based off of that clip. Well, it's like, well, the Knicks had, let's see, one, two, dog shit. And the Suns had Chris Paul. They had Devin Booker. And they had that, that there's another guy, De- DeAndre Ayton. Is it DeAndre? I think it's DeAndre. I mean, three really good players. So I think it is a great job that he's gotten to the finals. But I mean, he's the coach of the year because that 27-second clip that was going around all over the internet. Reactionary fools. Those are the same people that think Becky Hammond should have... Be- Becky Hammond should be the coach for every team. 
in the NBA, in my opinion, based based off of what I've heard on, on social media. And again, I take what's on social media to basically mean whatever everyone in the world thinks. So I think that I'm basically judging everyone in the world. I mean, I think that's 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 the way I should approach the situation. Uh, let's see. Also, Gwen Bear. There's some. So the Olympics are starting now, and. Uh, uh, if you've listened to this podcast before, I could not care less about the Olympics. I guess there's going to be no fans in Tokyo because I guess this China flu has uh, gotten, you know, it's, it's a different different variant, uh, the Delta, whatever. It's a fake flu. We all know that. Government knows that. And it's so funny, you know, people, I saw that CPAC thing, conservative, whatever. They're like cheering that the government's falling short of like vaccinate, vaccine rates. Like... What planet is this? And this, the funny thing is, like, all these people are Trump fans, and they th- and there's there's this idea w- behind the vaccine and Trump that like we're not taking that vaccine, we're not doing that, we're you're not putting your your Jeffrey Epstein and Bill Gates microchips in me. Donald Trump was one of the first people to get the vaccine. He got it while he was still in office. And I saw a great tweet today that said, you know, a lot of these people want to give Trump the credit for the vaccine, but refuse to get it because they think that something's happening to them. This is the fucking weird place we live in these days. Uh, but going back to the Olympics, I guess uh, this runner, Gwen Berry, uh, got mad. I thought it, that she was getting criticized because she you know, was protesting the national anthem. I don't get You want to protest the national anthem, go to hell. I've always said this. I said the same thing about Kaepernick. You want to protest the national anthem? I don't care. Protest all you want. Get your point across. Use your platform. You know, I'm, I'm not saying I always agree with it, but you know what? You have the right to do it. Go for it. Then you read a little more. This woman thought that the national anthem being played at the U.S. trials was a way to mock her. What planet? I, I, how much of a narcissist can you be? Like, that's, that's delusionary. That's a very strange complex to have, to think that the national anthem at the U.S. trials was played to mock you as if you're bigger than the country. <laughs> that is a, that's a, that's an odd take. That, that, that's, that's a hell of a take right there. That, that's a hell of a take. And then there's the, the other runner. Um, I don't remember her first name, and I probably was going to butcher it anyways. I think her last name is Richardson. She, I'm sure everyone's aware of it. She got excluded uh, because she tested positive for weed. She said she ate an edible or like father's funeral or something like that. Um, you know, it, and everyone was mad about that. And everyone did the same thing that they do when Josh Gordon gets in trouble. Weed is legal in this many states. Weed, this is stupid. This is stupid. This is not fair. She should be in the Olympics. I will agree there's a million stupid laws in the world, man. And you know what? Weed probably in this is probably pretty stupid too. But you know what? It's still the rules, the rules that she knew. Like, imagine if you worked at a job and you knew that you were going to get tested for weed and then you tested positive for weed. And then you're like, do you know how many states weed is legal in? Like, how could you do this to me? It's like, yeah, yeah. Everything you just said is right. But like, how could I just do it to you? You knew the rules. You know, you you knew what would happen. That was the same thing with the, uh, excuse me, a tennis player, uh, Osana. Um I don't know, she's a young, young girl. She's becoming like the star, I guess, taking over Serena's spot. She's quite the star. But she withdrew from the French Open because she didn't want to talk to the media. And listen, I'm sure a lot of these athletes don't want to talk to the media. But that's also something you sign up for when you do this stuff. She said, I'm not a professional speaker. And I, I, I agree with you, you're not. But like, it became a mental health issue and she was cheered. And I have no idea why she was cheered. I have no idea what's up. That seems, that seems orchestrated to me to do that. I mean, I understand, I completely believe her that she doesn't want to talk to, you know, the media. (laughs) I'm sure it's the last thing any of these athletes want to do. But you knew that was part of the job. And everyone was just praising, oh my God. The amount of praise given to people for just, listen, mental health is a serious issue and I think sometimes it falls by the wayside. That's why. People like the word, the words, mental health, and they like cheering it, like giving causes to it. What? We don't know. It's just give a blanket applause to mental health and then just people just say, you know, great job, great job, because you feel compelled to. You feel guilted to. And, I'm, and, and I'll say, I think there should be a lot more money to mental health. 
I, I truly believe that. I'm not shitting on that. I'm just saying the overall public. That's the way they look at it. Oh, yeah, yeah, mental health. Hey, good job. Good good job praising the mental health element of that. That's a great job out of you. Hey, we have to do this. That's the Today Show or whatever. They have to do that. They have to. And you know what? That, and that's really inspiring to her. That's really inspiring. It's like, all right, well, I mean, if you're mad about it, then maybe a lot of the tennis players should get together and say something to the French Open before the next year. I mean, but like withdrawing in front of it and like wanting like this, getting this praise just makes no sense to me. So what we're going to do right now is we're going to shift gears a little bit. So you heard me bitch and moan about everything. And, you know, I uh, just, um, let's see, was there anything else? No, that was it. So you can hear me shift gears a little bit here. So I was walking my dog the other day, my dog who I love, who is a very stubborn, a very wild, but a very affectionate and wonderful dog the other day. And we're walking and, um, you know, I see this pit bull from this homeless person and it's, it sees my dog, Lonya. Uh, you can follow her on Instagram at Lonya the dog. And this pit bull rip, you know, broke her chain and came running right at us. So I look at and I, and I kind of freeze cause I'm just like, all right, what is this dog doing? Now I hear the homeless woman, she go, oh my God, no, oh my God, no. So part of me is just like, okay, maybe she's upset because this dog is like running away and she's, you know, it's probably her friend or whatever. So we didn't move. We kind of froze and I'm thinking my dog likes to play rough with other dogs. Let's see how this goes, you know, maybe something. This dog had one intention and that intention was to kill. Um, it grabbed on to the back of, kind of like maimed my dog's shoulder and kind of, not kind of, bit into my dog's just like ass um, and would not let go. And it was absolutely terrible. Uh, I punched this dog in the face repeatedly, repeatedly. Some homeless person ran over and helped me pry the jaws of this dog open. It felt like 10 minutes. It was probably only 10 seconds, honestly. Uh, but it was, it was probably one of the worst moments of my life. <laughs> it was so terrible. Um, and randomly there was a cop there and, you know, he wants to sit there and, you know, have a, have a little powwow and talks like, so, uh, this is your dog. That's a dog. It's just like, yeah, this is my fucking dog. What do you think I'm doing? I'm just like defending dogs. Like what, what's going on here? And he's uh, well, what's your name? I mean, I was like, dude, I don't have time for a report. My name, my number, address, whatever. And he's just like, okay. I'm like, I'd like to get my dog to a vet. And then I'm like running with my dog back to the house. And then another cop stops me. He's like, so we're going to need your info. I'm like, I already fucking did this. You know? And like, I, I went and my dog, I was, I was just, this, the adrenaline was flowing. I was, then I was just so tired. And you know, my dog's like 50 pounds too. So I'm just like trying to hold her. And you know, she just, I put her down and she, we just started running back to the house. And, you know, it was hysterical. And luckily, again, it was more so like a flesh wound in the back. I mean, she got some serious stitches. I mean, the the the, the vet bill was larger than my mortgage. Um, but, you know, she's doing all right. Still on the mend. And she, she needs 24-7 care because I don't trust her. That's part of it, too. Her to start licking at it. You know, she needs the donut on there. I don't want her. I carry her up and down the stairs. I don't want her doing any of this. But, you know, when you bring her to the vet... I got the animal control calling me saying, hey, we're on our way. You know, we're going to go down there. We'll see this lady and this dog, you know. And so I dropped my dog off there. And they're like, all right, so you can be evaluated. We'll call you back. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to go back and go back to the boat launch where it was. And I go there and I see an animal control guy there. I'm like, you the one I talked to on the phone. And he's like, yeah. And I was like, you got the dog back there? He's like, they're gone. Lady and the dog are gone. Don't know where they are. Um, you know, he got some information from her. You know, she's transient. Who knows? It could have been all bullshit, too. Um, but yeah, um, so I keep going down there every once in a while, just checking to see if I can find her. I don't know what I'm going to do. If I find her, what am I going to do? Hey, you're the lady with the dog. I'm going to kill you. You know, like I probably just yell at her and I'd probably call animal control and say she's down there. Um, I mean, she's not, I don't even care about the med bill. I mean, obviously I wish she'd pay for it, but I mean, she's living in the parking lot. I don't think I'm going to get much uh, compensation there. But I'm sorry, and I'm not in the business of putting dogs down, but that dog needs to die. I'm sorry, that dog needs to be put down. Um, and I'm sure that dog probably meant a lot, means a lot to that lady, but like, you can't have a dog. And she knew when that dog came off the thing there, oh God, no, that that dog was going to do damage. 
and I replay it in my mind, you know, like it was absolutely terrible to go through. Um, but what if I didn't freeze, you know, like what if I pick my dog up or we like ran to the side or, or we just moved or something that dog could have clomped down, clamped down on my dog's head on our neck on some vital organs. I mean, out of all the places, the ass was probably the best thing or me. Um, it was probably the best possible situation if we were going to be, if we were good, if it was going to happen, you know what I mean? So, oh man, that was, uh, as if I didn't have enough shit going on. Um, because, you know, I, I put in the, in the title here, happy father's day. You know, my, my dad was out here and it was good to see him. They were, they were planning on coming out, but he came out, he came out a little early. Um, because, I, th- I like to think, I like to say, I like to think, sometimes I like to think, that I'm pretty uh, honest with the audience. Um, and I guess with this situation, I guess I'm really not. Um, even though I haven't done a podcast in a while, but there's been podcasts where this has been the case and I just never said anything. It's just kind of early. Uh, just because I'm a dad now. Uh, I'm a dad. Uh, and so I celebrated my first Father's Day. What What's tough is... My daughter isn't here. She's in the hospital, and she's not coming home for a while. She was born, Layla Sophia Buckley Aramburu was born June 3rd, 2021, at 25 weeks old, weighing one pound and 10.8 ounces. And it's been... Your life changes quick, man. It's uh, all of this, you know. We went uh, to a normal ultrasound at 24 weeks. And the technician said, hey, um, the doctor's going to come talk to you. Uh, so we'll be right back. And we're like, well, that's not good. We've never even met the doctor. <laughs> you know, the doctor where we do the ultrasound, it's always been just a technician. There's a different, you know, OBGYN that my wife sees. We don't know this doctor. And she said, we're admitting you. And your cervix is is opened, and it's widened. It's it's thinned. It's I don't know the correct term. I'm a moron. Uh, but we're admitting you. So we were there a few days before because she was getting pains, and they said, no, 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 you're good. I'm, I'm not gonna get into my entire my wife's entire medical history, but apparently she, it's possible she was probably having contractions that day. Uh, which is still something that I don't know if we'll ever, ever be able to prove malpractice. Um, but you know, something I feel like, uh, went astray that day. Uh, but moving back to it, so we're admitted and, you know, you go to the triage room of the, the, the hospital, which is, you know, you, you don't have your own room yet. This is like, you know, when the emergency room kind of, not emergency room, but you know, you, you don't have your own room. There's one chair, there's one bed and there's the little, uh, curtain that you can pull back and forth there. So we're sitting there. They got the monitor on there to, to do the contractions. And slowly, all these people start coming into the room. And it's like, hi, I'm a doctor here. Can you sign this for uh, consent for a C-section? Hi, I'm from the NICU. You know, what do you want us to do with your child at this point? You know, these are, these are the statistics in terms of, uh, you know, disabilities. These are the statistics on survival. Uh, what do you want to do? More people coming in, and I'm just like, it was the most claustrophobic feeling in my life where I'm just like, what the hell has just happened in the last two hours? I took off two hours from work to go do this. And now like my world is just crashing. So, um, you know, she was brought into a a birthing suite and, you know, we were able to, to get a week, you know, we bought a week and we bought a week with, with, with actual care. You know, it's not like, oh, Brian, my water broke. Let's go to the hospital. No, no, no. She was there. You know, she got the steroids she needed for a baby this young. She got, uh, you know, magnesium for the baby's brain. You know, she got anything she needed during this whole time. So an entire week we gained with that. And, you know, just so, you know, that's where my whole story starts. My dad comes out here and and I'm sleeping on a couch in the hospital back and forth. I got a job interview on June 3rd, which, hey, thank, thanks a lot, uh, job interview, for caring or trying to reschedule my appointment. My interview. They just said, no, it's that day or else. I won't name the name of the employer, but let's just say, uh, you know, uh, Joe Biden uh, butchered this person's name. And uh, 
They're part of his administration now. His former job. I don't care. And I'm probably someone will probably say, hey, I probably shouldn't do it. I don't care. I don't really care anymore. I'm at a point where I don't care. But they did not care. <laughs> Speaking of not caring. <laughs> um, but yeah, my wife's just saying, I got, oh, it feels like gas. Something, something, something's wrong. I got gas. I got gas. And then all of a sudden, doctor comes in and says, okay, you're going to give birth today. And that room filled with 17. And, and then, you know, throughout the whole process, too. So they have this, like, little isolate, they call it. And people probably identify it as, like, an incubator, even though it's not an incubator in a sense. Um, like, in the room throughout that week. So we'd be talking, trying to be as positive as possible, you know, looking for the things that we're happy about, you know, the fact that we live 10 minutes from the hospital, the fact that we have flexible jobs where we're allowed to do this, where we can do this. And, you know, then like the NICU people just bring in equipment, just be like, oh, sorry, just, you know, we're just stocking this here, you know, because this, this thing just sits there looking at you. It's like, oh, the, that's the thing that the baby will go in when it's born. But it's not going to be more for another month and a half because we're going to get through this. So I don't know why they're doing this now. Do they do they know something we don't know? No, no, no. We're we're just we're just filling this up, you know, and all that. So I mean, that was like that's like that like record scratch moment every time at a party where you just see the things come in. It's just like it's like oh fuck, that's right. We're in the hospital. This whole thing's happening. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. So, um, that day happened, and it was early in the morning, and well, not that early. I mean, you know, seven o'clock, early enough. And they, I counted it. There were 17 doctors and nurses in there. I was the only man in the room. There was, it was all females. So it happened very quickly. It wasn't like, you know, like on TV or, or like the movies where it's like, oh, she went to, and you know, real life too. <laughs> Only 16 hours of labor. I mean, from the first like primal scream to when our daughter appeared had to be less than five minutes. Um, and there she was. And she was, I heard a small cry. So that's good. And immediately brought into that little isolate. And, you know, the NICU staff kind of just was then chilling there. Like my wife had a, what they call a doula. It's almost like a birth coach kind of thing. Very nice woman. She came running in and she's like, oh, how far along are we? How far, what's going on? And I was like, baby's born man and she's like oh the NICU staff was so just calm that that's such a good thing I was like I know they look like they're like waiting for a bus she's like that is a very positive sign so you know my wife I guess you know I'm not gonna get into all this but she still had a procedure to be done afterwards uh, so she had to be operated on and then when she came back she was bleeding a bit passed out they need to give her oxygen and I'm like watching all this and I'm like what the fuck they're like get him out uh so <laughs> it's, it's quite the day uh, I mean uh what's his name what I, I've been saying the podcast for years what's this Valvano you laugh you cry I mean that's a day huh uh yeah, so we got this other beer here knee deep brewing slow-mo just a little interlude there uh some mosaic hops I've had this one before I don't need to get the whole review but a little, little more high class than Pacifico, but uh, I'm not very high class. I just pretend to be at times. But before all that, I know was it after. I don't know. doesn't matter. You know, what the dad does in that situation, they all say, hey, dad, do you want to come with us? We're going to the NICU. And I'm just like, yeah, I guess. I mean, they're like, you all right, dad? And I'm like, no, I'm not okay. I'm thinking everything in my head that could possibly go wrong the rest of my life rest of this little girl's life and you know you just she's so small and she actually wasn't I mean she's small obviously she was small but you know in terms of like that age she, she could have been a lot so she was bigger than like most 25 week olds so you know the rest of my life right now my, my current life is you know getting in my car making that drive to the hospital Putting, you know, parking the car, walking to the hospital, handing over my ID with my fat face, because, like, I'm not fat, but I'm, like, 5'10", 170 pounds, maybe I was after. This whole experience, I was, like, not eating and, like, getting really skinny, and all all these family members came out and everything. I think I put on a ton of weight and drinking, too. Um, I was saying it ain't so, Brian, but, and then... 
every driver's license I've ever had, I try to position myself so I don't look fat. Again, like the stats I just gave you does not indicate that I'm a fat person, but a double chin does appear at times. So I was trying in some ways to just always make that not happen. And it ends up totally backfiring on me. I have the worst, worst license. I look just like a pig. Uh, so handing that over, putting my sticker on, if you've ever been to the NICU, there's the procedure, you go in, you wash your hands from the tip of your fingers down to your elbow for two minutes with soap all over, greeting the people and making that long walk to your, your kid's room and seeing them there. And, you know, if I did the podcast a few weeks ago, I'd probably be crying. Um, but I think my daughter's doing so well that uh, I don't, I don't, I don't think I could even try to express how many tears have come out of my face. And especially, you know, as things were starting to stabilize and everything in my life and that, what happened to Lonya, my dog, was just the other day. It was the day after, you know, it was the holiday of July 4th, that Monday, the 5th. No, it was the 6th, excuse me. So that recently just happened. So she needs like 24-7 care now. So I have this going on. And, and, I was holding my daughter the other day at the hospital. Hospital starts shaking. Earthquake. And I'm just like, yo, I cannot do this anymore <laughs> why is this ha- you know that it's always sunny in philadelphia i think the, the the gas crisis where they keep like trying to blow up that guy's car it's like why do you people keep doing this to me like i'm just like thinking i'm like why why is this happening what did i do um but my daughter's doing really well and i know this sounds weird it's like she's approaching three pounds and i know it's like wow but you know when you're born at one pound ten ounces all her brain scans are great um, her breathing, she just jumped a breathing vessel the other day. I mean, I can get all the statistics. I feel like I'm like a NICU nurse with everything I, everything I know. And I'll tell you, the nurses, man, those are a different breed of human being. The nurses at the NICU. That is, that is, wow. Uh, you're like social worker. You're, you're all star. You're, you're, you're friend. You're, you're everything. And, you know, I, I'm. Lucky for me, I've been relatively healthy in my life. So the only time I really see nurses are when you go to get a checkup at the at the you know doctor's office, and they're usually pretty bitchy, and they're just like, "Yeah, here, let me get your you know your your blood pressure. How tall are you? Doctor will be with you in a minute." And then afterwards, like, "Did they give you another appointment? Okay, yeah, great, fine." So did I just get really loud there? I think I just moved to a different angle because it looks like it was too low. So might be going all over the place here. Sorry about that. Um, I have a different positioning of the microphone here. Maybe that's a little better. Um. So yeah, well, it's great, Brian. Thirty, you know, forty minutes of the podcast being really low volume, and now it's good. I think that's exactly what happened. But sorry, so you have to maybe turn your volume down now. But, but yeah, uh, so that's my life right now. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know what to say. I don't. What happened? It went from, and it's it's always, it's always interesting in the sense that like you. You worry about like the dumbest shit. I was telling people here, I'm just like, I was worrying about like the van, you know, because house prices have exploded. And, you know, I know we just bought this house, but it's gained so much value. And we need a bigger house. So it's almost like, you know, let's start getting this, you know, this place together, and make it look nice. Um, so, uh, so like I became like obsessed with like the vanity, the vanity. I got to stain the vanity in the kitchen and stain the vanity in, in the bathrooms. And oh, we got this new rug. We need a new rug. Oh, this is great. You know, I was like, we really need a new rug, you know, and like all this shit like takes over your mind. And then all of a sudden, none of it matters. None of it. And, and I truly understood like the, the title of that book. Don't sweat the small stuff. It's just like none of this shit is important. It consumes you. It takes over your mind. It's like Twitter. It's just all these dumb things. It's like, oh, look at this so-and-so's take. I should get really angry about it. It's stupid. And of course, I still fall into that trap. I mean, especially people in like live in Seattle and stuff. But I mean, it's just you have to like move on from it. You have to like not let it affect you. And you should because none of it's important. And my, my Lord, it just, it punches you right in the face. So... I don't know what else to say. <laughs> you know, the Yankees' shitty offense all of a sudden is just not as important to me. Um, it, 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 you know, I don't know. But that's my life these days. You know, um, I hope it calms down. I hope my little girl's home soon. And, 
you know, life can get to some sort of normalcy. I hope my dog recovers well and we all live as one and, you know, saying oh, blah, dee, oh, blah, da over and over again. But, uh, you know, and she's, she's a great dancer and, and ballet and all this. Oh, oh, so it's a gender assigned uh, thing she's going to do, huh? She, she can't, she can't be a wrestler. If she wants to be a wrestler, she can be a wrestler, um, you know, whatever it may be. Um, so I, I want something. <laughs> I, I, this life is too much. I can't do more of this. My neighbors have been amazing. You know, my neighbors who I, most neighbors I've never even spoken to in my life. These neighbors all like got us this huge gift card. They made foods for, food for us, like dinners for like two or three, maybe not, not every day, but for like two, two and a half weeks, you know, like every other day, like making us food. And I'm just like, man, oh man, I used to like talk shit about these people, like, you know, with our closed doors. Um, you know, it just kind of, Maybe not talk shit, but you know what I mean. You know, you just like, you think certain things. I don't even know any of these people and I'm just like assumptions. And it's just, it's just wrong that I would do that because they're, they're so kind hearted and man. Uh, so podcast took a bit of a different turn. Is it normally, uh, is it, is it normally, is it normally does the turn? Is it normal? But maybe the, you get it. So that's me checking in on you. That's you checking in on me. That's us talking. And uh, who knows when I'll do a podcast again. The promises are just bullshit. So let's let's stop with that garbage. But I got a lot on my plate, as you can tell. Uh, you know, so I love all of you. You're listening. You're, you're getting your fix of the Red Ticket Blues podcast. A little more heavy than normal. Um, but the uh, lovely Lonya is safe. And the lovely Layla is... Uh, is recovering and she's going to be here and she will take over the rest of my life forever. <laughs> she's already defied us once and that was the biggest defiance and I don't think it will be the last one. So thank you all for listening. Thank you for being loyal listeners. So listen to the show on iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, Google Play, YouTube, uh, Podbean, FM Player, Google Play, iTunes. Okay. And follow me on Twitter at BrianBuck13 and at RedTicketBlues. With all that being said, you are all the best. Come on.
Me on. 